Good morning. That was hopeless. Good morning. Beautiful. Say to the person next to you, how the heck did you get so good looking? Look, we're in for some fun. We're in for some challenge. And hopefully we're in for an encounter with Jesus. And I want to just... Uh, Thank you. I've been coming to the church for 27 years. I know that's a shock to most of you because I only look 29, but you know, <laughs> that's how it goes. But uh, as for the last 16, 17 years, you have partnered with us in Europe, helping us to plant churches, doing some radical things. Five, 6,000 people have gone on short-term missions. In more recent years, we're doing community transformation, largely in Europe. You're helping us do that. On a monthly basis, um, you send uh, financial support for me and my family for, that we are able to do what we're actually doing. So without your kindness, without your care, without your consistency, I guess most of you don't need any money on a monthly basis. You just let things happen, I guess. You do? Okay. Yeah, me too. We need money on a monthly basis, and you guys are kind. You send that every month, and we, we deeply appreciate your partnership with us. And um, for the, anybody have ever heard me speak before? Okay, yeah, most people don't come a second time. That's just... <laughs> um, for those of you that haven't heard me speak, you, you will discover, after I've spoken, you will discover something will happen inside of you. You will have a level of confidence, a level of faith to do and be who Jesus wants you to be. There's a grace on my life that will be imparted to you that you will feel some resolute confidence. I can do this. Courageous love, I can do this. I can be like that. And so... I, I come to the church every five or six years, so I'm done. So see you in six years, okay? So that's, that's good. If you want some of the level of that continual inspiration, then there are some resources there, just there outside, um, that could help you. There's a whole series here called Manifesting Goodness, how we get goodness out of our life, how do we get it into our world, into our office, into our factory, into our school, into our university, how do we do that? It's all on there. If you want to know how we're going to transform Calgary and not just have happy meetings on a weekend, there's a whole series here called The Power of Transformation. And then there's a whole series here called Neo Church, what the church is going to look like as we go forward. I've been coming for 27 years, and I know that this church is functioning quite differently to when I first turned up 27 years ago. And there are more changes to come. And for those of you that don't like changes, sorry. I'm only trying to be a blessing. <laughs> Change means there's life. Everything that has organic life changes. And so here I talk about how, what the church is going to look like as we go forward. So they, they could well be a blessing to you. Um, if you want more stuff, there's a whole series here on this uh, USB called Extraordinary Living. How do you get a word of knowledge in Walmart? You don't want one. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> Do you understand the power of your prayer language? What happens when you use your prayer language on a daily basis? How do you become a strategic living person and not just a person who does life? So they're all there. There's, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff out there. And, um, 
and uh, we, can, we can take credit card, debit card, checks, cash, children over 12, Rolex watches, like we can do everything to help you. And so even if you don't like my preaching, you can actually persecute somebody in Eastern Europe by buying some of that stuff because 100% of all the profits help us to do our work, what we do in there in Europe. And so trust that will be a blessing to you. I want to take on the theme of courageous love. And when I think about courageous love, there are two things that we, we, will, we will engage in if we have courageous love. And unfortunately, when I mention these two things, these two words, it's a bit of a bummer, really, because for most, for most kind of Christians, it's a bit of a downer when I use these two words. You know, feelings of guilt start to come and feelings of, oh man, I could have done better or whatever. And I'm hoping that was going to be eradicated by, by the time we finish. So just be still, be silent, be receiving, as I mentioned these two words. But there are two things that we will discover if we want to be courageous in our love in connecting people to Jesus Christ. One is prayer, and the other is evangelism or connecting. And as we engage in these two processes, we discover courageous love flows through us. It takes courageous love to engage in prayer, and it takes courageous love to connect with people. Beverly Jamie said this, prayer evangelism is talking to God about our neighbors before we talk to our neighbors about God. Now, oftentimes, we, we want to declare faith. We want to speak out Bible verses. We want to confront people with truth. But you know what? Oftentimes, their lives are not ready to receive, and we actually begin to prepare their heart by beginning to pray for them. And as we begin to pray for people in our world, we discover opportunities to share goodness and mercy and kindness and love. The disciples came to Jesus one day and said, Jesus, how do we get the kingdom to people? How do we get the good news to people? How do we do that? And so if you turn with me to Luke in chapter 10 and verse 5, we have these verses that are, that are there for us. And this is how Jesus responded. Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, the God of peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Do not move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking whatever they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality, because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is now near you. So Jesus said, there are, if you want to get the kingdom of God to people... And the Bible says, wherever the kingdom of God is, there's love and joy and peace. I don't know anybody on the planet that doesn't want love and joy and peace. But how do we get that to people in a palatable way that they are ready to receive and are just, not just ready to hear? Jesus gives us four principles of how we do that. He says, number one, when you start to engage with people, speak blessing upon their lives. Speak blessing. Bless them. Don't curse them. Don't confront them. Bless them. The second thing is have fellowship with those people that you are blessing. Become friends with them. Thirdly, he says, serve them. Serve them in a way that you will find out what their felt need is. Because if you can meet their felt need, their real need has a great chance of being met by Jesus. And fourthly, then tell them the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God has come. Share the good news of the kingdom of God of God has come. 
And so in our process of getting the kingdom to people, the first thing we need to understand, we need to learn to speak blessing into people's lives. That is speaking what God thinks about them. So we don't need to condemn anybody. In fact, the Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse 17, Jesus, Jesus himself says, I've not come to condemn. I've come to bring life. Our job is not to condemn people. Do you know what? The average person living in Calgary already feel bad about themselves. They don't need you to help them. What they want to know, is there a flipping way out of this? Is there a way out of this? And see, as we begin to bless people, it's less, less, just if we use the agricultural analogy, it's like preparing the ground for people to receive the seed. We bring atmospheric change. And so we know we don't, seed, we don't sow seed in the middle of winter. We sow seed in spring. And we have to learn to prepare people's hearts. And one of the ways that we learn to prepare people's hearts is by speaking blessing. Now, blessing, it could be a compliment. It could be an encouragement. It could be something that you see about their life and you speak the words of God over them. Say, man, that's a great jumper. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks for helping Susan at work. Thanks for helping Susan to do that job. That got us all across the line. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. We speak blessing. And as we speak blessing, we change atmosphere in people's lives. In fact, one of the things that we, 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 we do in our process of getting the gospel to people in Eastern Europe in these days is we, we, we ask ourselves a question. What do we have to do to make Jesus irresistible to these people? What do we have to do to make Jesus irresistible to these people? In one community where it goes minus 25. Now you know what minus 25 is. But you don't know what minus 25 in an uninsulated house with no internal central heating. You don't know that. And so it's minus 25 on the outside and it's minus 8 on the inside. And you see kids going to bed as if they're going to play, going, going to have a snow fight. But they're putting layers and layers of clothes on go, go to bed just to stay warm. And as we began to pray about that community, we felt Jesus say, insulate their homes. And so for the last 12 or 18 months, we've insulated about 20 homes in this community. And do you know what's happened? In that community where the people were fairly antagonistic against us. They saw us as the cult. The real church was the Orthodox Church, the Romanian Orthodox Church. We were seen as the cult. But as we began to bless the community, we have found it has disarmed the community. And in the last 18 months, over, over 30 teenagers have come to faith in that community as they've been personally experiencing the goodness of God. And see, when you give to missions, that's what you're doing. It's not putting money into some mysterious bag and where does that... No, no, it actually touches people's lives on a daily basis. Bless people. It says, if you learn to bless people, if you learn to bless people, learn to become their friend. He says, go, when they invite you to their home and you have a meal... Learn to become friends. Don't go from house to house. Now, I have a question to ask you. Do you, as, as a believer, do you have friends who are not yet Christians? Now, if you don't, you've missed the plot. 
You've absolutely missed the plot. Like, what's wrong with you? I'm only trying to help you. No, no, no. If you don't have friends who are not yet Christians, how are we ever going to get people to come to Jesus? I don't know if you noticed, there wasn't a line outside the door this morning, banging on the door saying, i got to get into this church! Let me into that! No, no, it wasn't there. And there's no church in Calgary where it was like that this morning. No, people come because they're brought. People come because they're invited. And so, we learn to become friends with people. But unfortunately, you Canadians are weird. No, 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 look, look, let's be honest. We're in church. I know it's unusual to be honest in church, but we can be honest. Like, I've been coming to Canada since 1983. I've been here over 100 times. I know what you people are like. You can't pull the wool over my eyes. So very nice on the inside and very angry. Very nice on the outside and very angry on the inside. It's only a thought. Don't let it worry, okay? It's only Jesus getting to you, so it's okay. But this is, this is what a friendship looks like to an outsider looking at Canadians. You're in the coffee shop. You've been visiting the coffee shop for four or five years. You meet two or three times a week. And so this is how the conversation goes. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you doing? Fantastic. How's the kids? Wonderful. How's your kids? Spectacular. How was the vacation? Best we've ever had. How was your vacation? Tremendous. That's called a Canadian friendship, okay? But that friendship is going nowhere. Nowhere. And friendships don't go anywhere till someone in the friendship becomes vulnerable. I mean, remember, I don't know if you remember, you know, when you were dating, you know, you old people over 25, you know, when you were kind of... And there comes a moment in, in the date where somebody takes the risk, right? Someone goes, so what is it you like about me? I love your black, curly teeth. They are astounding to me. If relationships go anywhere, someone has to become vulnerable in the relationship. And I have a guess who that is. That's me. That's you. See, for those of us who do have Christian friends, unfortunately, they think that we are, fourth, we are the fourth members of the Trinity. We never have a problem. Nothing goes wrong. Life is good. It's fantastic. It's awesome. Jesus is tremendous. Levitate before breakfast. It's just absolutely incredible. Life is incredible when you follow Jesus. It is, but there are problems too. And, but because we, we project this perfectionism, that's very un intimidating and uninviting for people who have not yet come to faith because they think, Man, I can never do what you're doing until I'm fixed. Well, I don't know about you. I'm being fixed. 
I'm not fixed yet. Anybody fixed? Anybody fixed? No, no, we're not fixed. We're being fixed. And see, when we begin to share something of our own brokenness, that we're, we've got Jesus, but we're not fixed. We're being fixed. And we share some vulnerability in our lives that takes the whole conversation to another level. So there was a, there was a, a lady in our church, and for many years she, she was friends with, a, with another lady, and they basically took the kids to school together, you know, first school, primary school, mid-school. They were good friends for maybe 15 years. They, they you know, have a lot of school gate chat, and, and they'd go to each other's houses for coffee and meals and whatever. And one day they're having coffee and one of the, the Christian lady says to the person that doesn't yet have faith in Jesus, man, our kids are the same age, right? But I tell you what, we're having, really di- we're having some real difficulties with Johnny, our 15-year-old. He is obnoxious. He is rude. He is arrogant. He is almost and controlled and we really don't know what to do to parent him in this stage of his life your kids are our age what have you learned so most christians wouldn't even ask that question when unsaved families say, well what do they know they've only been on the planet 50 years what do they know they've only got two grown-up kids no, 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 they don't follow Jesus. No, 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 you have to understand, truth is truth. It doesn't matter whose mouth it comes out of. In the Old Testament, the truth came out of a donkey, so anybody's a candidate, okay? <laughs> they share some of their parenting things that they've learned through. He says, yeah, yeah, I don't know if this is going to help you, whatever. But, you know, we've got difficulty, too, with Annie. Annie's 13, and she's anorexic. Anorexic. Yeah, she's anorexic. She may have bulimia too. And uh, we're at the end of ourselves. We really don't know what to do. John, John, my husband, he, he's boozing every night. He, he drinks a bottle of wine a night because he can't fix it, because he's Mr. Fix-It. He fixes stuff. The job that he does, he's a fixer. He fixes stuff. Things go wrong in the house, he fixes it. We need more money, he gets it. He's a fixer, but on his little girl, 13... He can't fix her. And he's coming unglued. So suddenly now, that relationship goes to a whole new level. Why? Because someone shared brokenness. And if you want to go beyond being Canadian and becoming a Christian, brokenness is a part. It'll take courageous love to do that because we've created some imagery and branding about a persona that is absolutely not true. Not true. And for people to have hope, they have to understand in our brokenness, we are still being met by Jesus. But it takes some level of courageous love to share our brokenness that they can do that. And so Jesus said, bless people. Jesus said, become friends with them. Hang out with them. Don't see them. Don't see them as an evangelism target. 
Don't see them as a potential convert. See them as a person that as much deserves the love of Jesus as you ever did. And we never deserve the love of Jesus. But they, and see, it's not our gig. Our gig, our gig is not to get people to Jesus. Our gig is to get the kingdom of God to people. Jesus' gig is to get them to him. Well, we have, to, we have to make the atmosphere and the persona of Jesus irresistible to them. Jesus says, I will build my church. So what's your job? That's not your job. It's not the pastor's job. Not the apostle's job. Not Jesus' job. Stop trying to steal Jesus' job. No, no. He says, I'll build the church. Keep your mucky hands off it, you little nosy blighter. <laughs> says that in the Greek. He says, no, no, I, for you, I give you the keys of the kingdom. I give you the keys of the kingdom. So, so God will give us keys, keys to open and unlock people's lives, keys to open and unlock a school that is close to the good news, keys to unlock a business that is like a wall fortress, keys to unlock that, keys, key, keys to unlock the homeless, keys to unlock the single mom, key, all kinds of keys Jesus gives us. So we, we, we are the door openers. We are making Jesus irresistible. He's getting them into the kingdom. Another community we're working in, Lazarani, about 20 k's outside of Oradia, western Romania. We looked at that community, 98% unemployment. I know things are tough here in this province at the moment. It's not 98% unemployed, though. When you go into a community like that, the feeling of hopelessness is absolutely remarkable as we began to engage that with that community we said how do we make Jesus irresistible to these people and so mothers each night they make it, have to make a decision do I give my baby a bottle to go to bed or do I give them a diaper because I can't afford both I want you to feel the level of injustice because that's unjust. But mothers have to make that decision 365 nights a year. Do I give them a bottle or do I give them a diaper? We're not talking about Africa. We're not talking about Asia. We're talking about Europe. We're talking about an EU country, Romania. Some months ago, one of the ladies came to came to our people on the ground there and they says it was wet it was damp it was raining it was that time of the month and a period was running down her legs splashing into the mud she said Alina I have to go to the doctor I can't go to the doctor like this is there nothing you can do to help me decided to launch a dignity project that would provide sanitary towels to ladies. 50 bucks a year solves that. 50 bucks a year gives a woman back, gives a young girl back her dignity. 
150 bucks a year solves the crisis with a baby. Either has to go to bed with a bottle or with a diaper. It solves that, 150 bucks. Some of us spend 150 bucks on coffee every month. Yeah, run the video for us, thanks. In Bihor County, in northwest Romania, there is a beautiful community which is home to around 3,000 people. Lazaren has a large gypsy community of about 400 men, women and children. The children make up nearly half. The 85 families in this gypsy community have to live spread across 65 houses in the community. Most of the adults in this gypsy community are unemployed and so the future is bleak and the outlook dim for this community unless its children and young people are able to obtain resources to change their future. The Proton Foundation is partnering with the Caleb Foundation to bring social change and positive futures to communities in Europe. Proton Foundation has been moved by the needs in this community. With living conditions in the village harsh, there are practical needs that can be solved relatively simply. One such problem is the lack of running water, means that it is impossible for the families to keep their babies clean, and so the children are at risk of disease and infection. The Diaper a Day project aims to provide every child under two years old in the Lazaren Gypsy community with a clean diaper every day and night. This project aims to protect these vulnerable children from disease, infection, as well as helping them to have a healthy start to their life by being able to rest and be at peace in their homes throughout the day and night. We are seeking to provide 100,000 diapers for the most vulnerable in this community. If you would like more information on how you can be involved, visit us at www.protonfoundation.com. So courageous love may involve a different kind of lifestyle. It certainly will affect how we use our financial resources. And I know on the 24th of April, you'll have an opportunity to give to a special missions offering. Some of you will give a lump sum, and some of you may prefer to give on a monthly basis. But you can't be an authentic Christian and not give to missions, because that's the heart of Jesus. So for some of us, it may be checking out. Maybe instead of going to the coffee shop five days a week, we'll go four days a week, and that day that we would have spent on coffee, we'll, that's our missions given. For some of us, we're already committed. You already give. That's fantastic. I'm saying go to another level. You give in that one offer, and you give monthly, either or. But I'm, uh, as an act of courageous love this year, I'm saying, why don't you up that by 10%? You put 200 bucks in that offering at the end of the month. You've done that for the last couple of years. Okay, it's 220 this year. 
you put 500 in, it's 550 this year, it's 1,000, it's 1,100 this year. You're going to actually, you're going to actually reorganize some of your internal priorities so that you have more cash, so that kids can have diapers, so that people can read the Bible, so that the kingdom of God can come, that the mercy of Christ can come to people. And it's going to take courageous love to do that. Spring is coming. Let's have a garage sale. You got all that junk. You're keeping it for a rainy day. Well, you'll have a lot of rain if you keep on hanging on to it. Let's have a garage sale. Let's let's have a garage sale and everything we liquidate, all that cash comes into the missions offering. Like how good is that? It's junk to you. It's helpful to people, but it's a life to other people in other parts of the world and people in this city. Garage sale. Some years ago, the Lord spoke to our family and says, I want you to give 10% of your giving to the church and 10% to missions. Now, that was challenging because for the last 27 years, we, we have not had a salary. We've not had a salary for 27 years. And I said, Lord, I don't know how we're going to do that. And he says, start by doing 1% a year. Start by doing 1%. Do 1% this year, 2% next year. And in 10 years' time, you'll be giving 10%, 10% tithe and 10% to missions. What, will you become a 1%er this year? What about it? A 1%er. Will you become a 1%er? Like, can, you, can you possibly dig deep in your heart and find 1%? Can you actually go into a faith zone? Can you stop being a boring Christian? where everything is normalized, can you actually make some decisions that will demand a new level of faith so that people who have never heard will hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ? 1%. Who's going to be a 1%er? Then a 2%er. Then a 3%er. Courageous love is going to take courageous action. Courageous love is going to take reprioritizing of our current financial budgets for us to actually reach the people that we want to reach. Jesus said, in response to the question, how do we, how do we get the kingdom to people? Very simply said, bless them. There's people in your world that you can bless. Spring is coming. Cut the yard next door for the next door neighbor just because you can. Service that single mum's car for free just because you can. Just because you can. Buy someone a coffee just because you can. Just because you can. Bless them. Become a friend. Come on, let's take our friendships to another level. Let's allow brokenness to be shared. Let's allow us to have authentic relationships with people. And as they begin to share their felt need, see, everybody has a felt need, and it's their felt need drowns out their real need. So we're saying, God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. It's awesome. It's fantastic. It's fun. They don't care a stuff about Jesus, and they don't care a stuff about this glorious life in God because they're worried. They're going to lose their job at the end of the month. They've just got news that their wife has cancer. They've just, found, they've just found out some tragic thing has happened in the family. No, no, no. 
If you want to meet their real need, we have to get to their felt need. And the way that we get to their felt need is sharing brokenness. Sharing brokenness allows us to, a window into their world. And when we understand the window into their world of their need, sometimes we can physically do that. Sometimes they just need a plan on how to budget better. Sometimes they just need to know how to cook inexpensive meals. We can fix all that. But there are some things we can't fix. Some of the things that we can't fix, we say, do you mind if we prayed? Do you mind if I prayed for you about that? And in a survey in the UK just recently, it was discovered that people who were asked, would you mind if I prayed for you? Nine in ten said, please do that. Please do that. We are way too shy. We are way too Canadian. We are way too conscious about our self-image. Get over yourself, please. And when there's an impossibility, do you mind if I pray for that? Because when you pray for them and God turns up, they get that job. Their daughter gets healed. That broken relationship gets mended. When that happens, then you can say, look, the kingdom of God has come. God's on your case. He gave you that job because he's on your case. He intervened in that broken relation because God's on your case. Jesus said, now tell them the kingdom of God has come. We need to get some dinner on the table that people can taste and see that the Lord is good. Let's bow in prayer for a moment, shall we? It's a very simple message very demanding message I have a question for you are you prepared to go to the next level in courageous love I don't know what that means to you maybe you don't know what that means to you maybe some of those relationships you've had for a long time going to the next level not telling them about Jesus but telling them about your brokenness Maybe a challenge to become a one percenter. Maybe a challenge to be, do that garage sale. Maybe a challenge to do that up wherever you did by 10%. I don't know. But this morning you were saying, Ian, I want to be like that. I've got some, feel a bit fearful. I don't know if I can do it, but I think I can do it with the help of Christ. If that's you this morning, if you want to be a courageous, loving person, wherever that means, just stand at your feet right now and I want to pray with you. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will empower you. The Holy Spirit will deposit His confidence and His courage within you. I'm going to pray in five and I'm only praying after five. Please don't come sneaking to me at the end saying, oh, you know, I think I should have stood right in. Would you mind praying for me? I won't pray for you. You said, that doesn't sound like Jesus. Let me give you a heads up. I'm not Jesus. But right now, you're ready. Whatever you do to get into a receiving mode, if you raise your hands, if you point your hands out, whatever you do, just get into the posture of receiving. Because right now, that apostolic anointing that's on me is going to be imparted to you. You're going to find a new level of faith. 
You're going to find a new level of confidence. You're going to go, I can do this. I can do this. I can be a courageous, loving person. I'm going I'm to trample down my fears, and I'm going to show people the goodness and the mercy and the kindness of God. So, Father, right now, get ready to receive. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I say, let your kingdom come. Father, let your kingdom come. Let the power of Christ, let the power of the Holy Spirit invade the inner world of everybody standing to their feet. I pray, Lord, new levels of confidence, new levels of faith, new levels of tenacity, new levels of creativity to get the people will come in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you.